you can't protect yourself if you don't know how to protect yourself and you don't know how until you're taught and you learn. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan, and today I have a very special guest who I'm actually collaborating on when we launch the new Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School. Today we have a lawyer, a trademark specialist, Kelly Keller in the house, and we are talking about contracts and some legal things when it comes to online business. Now, I don't want this to be intimidating to you because Kelly is really good at breaking it down. In fact, I've been working with her over the past year to protect my own trademark and my intellectual property. And let me give you the scoop before we dive into the interview. I was playing around on Pinterest, aka working for a client December of last year. So it was the end of 2020, actually. And I was just kind of playing around and, you know, use Pinterest for search words. And I think I plugged my name into Pinterest just to see. And I got a couple pins for another course that had stolen my name. And it kind of made me mad. And a couple things had happened that week where this subject of trademarks had come up. I'd had a friend have to rename her podcast. I had something else happen, and so this was top of mind, and I just thought, man, I can't wait anymore. I need to go protect myself. Already, tons of other VA coaches are starting to use the term unicorn, which I thought I had coined back in 2018, and I was like, okay, well, unicorn VA is sticking around. Like, I need to protect myself, and I need to do it smartly. So I've been working with Kelly over the year to figure out those assets in my business, how to create long-term wealth and protect my intellectual property, what I've been working so hard at. And all of you are going to get to this place too, where you start to develop your own workflows, you develop your own ideas, you start to trademark your frameworks and methodology, and that is my hope for you. That's all down the road. And all you can do is be aware that this is a possibility, but right now you're getting your hands dirty and doing the work. And it gets a little messy with clients sometimes, right? Kelly says it so well in the episode when we talk about getting off the happy path with a client. It's all good until it's not. You also need to stay in the scope of work, set up your boundaries, or you're going to burn out really fast. And unfortunately, there have been some sticky situations that come up between clients and their independent contractors, which is us. Luckily, I have a work group where we can discuss a lot of this in the student group. Like, I don't know how people would do it alone without having resources and people to talk to. And Kelly's going to break it down about contracts, what you need to know. But listen to this because... She's just one of the smartest people I know. I just can't keep up with her brain sometimes, and I just love it. I love being in her aura and learning from her, and I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. And then when you're questioning, hey, how do I get my hands on this? How do I work with Kelly? How do I get everything out of her brain to help me in my own business and help keep my clients legal in this online world? That's when our Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant Legal Toolkit comes into place. 
that is actually going to be a bonus when we launch the course next month. And it's a big time bonus. So you feel this confidence and security moving into your business and assisting your clients because we get in these situations where we do need to advise and make our clients aware of things that are going wrong or need to be covered. And even if they're not in our scope, we need to know about it. This is the mantra of a unicorn, having this solid base understanding of what's going on online. And this is how we prepare ourselves to move up the ladder becoming scaled business owners, becoming marketing managers and specialists. Like you need to know this stuff and the legal toolkit will make it so easy for you. So you don't have to sweat it, spend hours Googling, using these blanket, simple contract templates that you get with no explanation of how to actually make it work for your business. And one more thing, I have a new live workshop opening. It's called How to Make a Living on Your Own Terms. This is my webinar launch event. I would love to have you be there. If you're ready to take your skill set online and create packages and position yourself as a self-employed freelancer with your new business, you're going to want to sign up. It's absolutely free. Details are in the show notes. Okay, let's jump into the interview. Hey, Kelly, welcome to the show. I am so glad to have you. Will you tell everyone a little bit about your life, where you live and all of that? Hi, Emily. I'm so happy to be here. Like always, anytime we talk, it's always a party. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to your people, to your tribe about legal stuff. I know it sounds crazy, but it's super fun nonetheless. I live in Pennsylvania. I'm right outside of Harrisburg. So that's right in the sort of South Central part of the state. Uh, We're about two hours north of DC. I am a practicing intellectual property attorney. And so I handle trademarks and copyrights and all the kind of stuff that deals with selling products and services online. So that e-commerce world for my small business clients. Yeah. And side note, we work together. I hired you to help me when somebody had taken my name and we've been working together for the year and I've been to your house. I've been to your beautiful house. Yes, you have. We might or might not have had a glass of wine together. Yeah, we had a little bit, but I just love your house and I want people to picture this. Can you just describe it, please? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I live in an 1830s German farmhouse in Pennsylvania, sort of in the countryside. So it's a red brick and has original shutters. And the original foundation was around 1790. So it was shortly after the American Revolution and a patriot lived here, which meant that it was somebody who fought for the United States against the British as opposed to an American loyalist. So we have some really cool things in the house, but the most important is that we have all of the deeds that describe the transfer of the house from the original owner to the next owner, et cetera. And they were all preserved and framed by the person who owned this house before us. And they conveyed with the house. We've been here for 12 years, but it was also restored and run as a bed and breakfast by the prior owner. So we have seven bathrooms, which is a lot to clean. Um, (laughs) There are one, two, three, four, five, six bedrooms. So it's a lot, but you know, it's sort of funny, Chris and I, we uh, purchased the house so that my mother-in-law could live with us. And she did for seven years before she needed to transition into a facility to support some of her medical needs. But we managed to spread out and we each use a bedroom for our home offices and we've decorated it in a semi- sort of period style. So we like to pretend we're like, you know, 
posh and fancy from back in the day, (laughs) but it's a fun way of life if it's the way you like to live. Yeah. Just to paint the picture, you have a lot of art and decor. And I love when you called yourself a maximista. Is that what you said? Something like that. I'm definitely a maximalist. So I think maximista is a really, really excellent term. I don't like one of anything. I prefer about 10 of everything. I might've gotten that from the TJ Maxx commercial. That could be like switching my words. A maximista. Trademark infringement. Stop that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we, we won't go there. But this, let's talk about the reason we had you on the show to talk yeah. about legalities when it comes to running your freelance business. And this is something I see a lot of newbies get stuck on when they're first starting. They can feel really scared about contracts and making sure they're not going to get screwed later. Basically, I think that's the biggest fear. And so I wanted you just to talk a little bit about this and dispel some of those feelings and what we can do as freelancers. Absolutely. So first of all, legal gets kind of a bad rap because it's sort of colloquially understood to be really, really expensive, difficult to understand. Our profession has really, really old roots. You know, the American legal system is rooted in the English common law system. So we have a lot of words that we've carried over over many, many years. What happens is these words or these terms get interpreted by courts and they start to have certain meanings. And then we tend to reuse them over and over because they're well understood in our profession. But over time, it starts to create a little bit of a disconnect between those who are schooled in and practicing in the law and interpreting the law and those who are benefiting from it and or being held accountable to it, which is really everybody. So part of my style is to try to translate that legal ease for sort of regular people, those of us who didn't go to school for this or aren't steeped in it all day. So to understand the legalese and use it in the right forum, for uh, I should say, when we need to, I don't know if that was forum, forums or fora, but anyway, somebody will Google that and figure it out. But also to just help people understand why the law is there and how it helps them. The most important thing I would say to freelancers is think about the law as an opportunity as opposed to an obstacle. It is the thing that gives you the ability to create a structure for you to sell your services in, that legal structure. It is also the things that helps you sort of, it gives you the foundational elements for structuring agreements, which just simply outline how you're going to go about doing business together so you're clear and nobody is confused. What is it, Robert Frost, who said, good fences make good neighbors. We just want to understand, hey, here's the sandbox. I want you to come play with me or I want to come play in your sandbox. We just want to have some rules of the road so nobody gets hurt and everybody has a good time. So if you think about legal as the thing that just helps you create some guardrails and guidelines so everybody's on the same page, it starts to be a little bit less scary. I love that. So what do you see as some of the big mistakes freelancers are making when it comes to this? So a couple of things. I think the first thing freelancers, well, let me, let me step back for a minute. I want to couch it differently, not as mistakes per se, but as omissions. So let's talk about agreements and let's talk about contracts. There's nothing wrong with doing business with somebody based on an oral agreement. There's nothing illegal about that. It's not wrong. It's not bad. What it does, though, is it leaves 
a lot of questions unanswered if and when things do not play out according to the original plan. And there's a lot of reasons why something won't play out according to plan. It doesn't mean that someone who's being malicious or mean or trying to screw you over, but there are a lot of intervening factors that happen on a day-to-day basis when people are doing business. As somebody taught me a long time ago, and I'll never forget this, she's like, we always start in a good place and everybody starts in a good place, but then something happens. And I think COVID is a really good example of this, right? I have a lot of great intentions. I tend to move forward with something. I take on an engagement. I have a timeline. And then the next thing you know, I'm laid out sick or my husband's sick or something happens. And we have these external events that create a lot of friction for us and impact our ability to perform our side of the agreement in the manner promised. So nobody was trying to screw up or hurt anybody, but there is collateral damage. And when you don't have a written agreement, you struggle with how you move forward because there's no preset or agreed upon rules. I like to think about contracts in the context of what I'm going to call three M's, mood, memory, and misinterpretation. So when we come into an agreement, we always are coming in usually in a really good mood, happy about what's going on and excited that we're going to be forging ahead on a certain path. And over time, your mood can change for a lot of different reasons. You're not a sanguine about it. And it may have nothing to do with the person you're contracting with. It's just that life is changing. The situation is changing. And you also may or may not get annoyed at that other person for what you believe is taking too much license with things or doing things that are outside of the bounds as you perceived them to be. A great example is when you are into an agreement with somebody, you both agree, hey, I'm going to provide this service for this amount of money. And then all of a sudden you provide the service, they pay the money, they ask for more service, you keep doing the service, and then they decide they don't want to pay any more money. So what happens is they are unilaterally or on their own amending the agreed upon terms through their behavior, which puts you in a bad mood. And now we have trouble. So that's kind of how mood comes into play. Memory comes into play in the sense where two very well-meaning people can remember things very differently. That's why we have things, we see this all the time, like eyewitness testimony and, you know, did you see it? Did you not? What did they look like? Do you remember? Did they have long hair or short hair? Were they running? Were they tall, short, very well-meaning people can remember things differently. And a lot of it has to do with perspective and vantage point. Then finally, we talk about misinterpretation. When you have something in writing, or if you don't have it in writing, hence an omission, two, again, very well-meaning people can misinterpret what the other was trying to convey or say. So if you don't have it articulated in terms that everybody can understand and that they agree to, it's easy to misinterpret the agreement. So if we step back, the failure to have a clear agreement opens you up to struggles based on the three M's. It's like the three M struggle bus, right? Mood, memory, and misinterpretation. So I think failing to step into agreements or I'm going to say relationship with others 
without confirming the terms, not just of what is promised, but how are you going to manage conflict as it inevitably comes up is where the mistake is because that's what creates frustration and anger and hurt feelings and a lot of wasted time and energy. So I think failing to have solid, and I'm going to say solid contracts that will stand up, but just clear agreements. If you just think of them like set of instructions, you save yourself a lot of trouble. And I think that is the number one legal mishap that freelancers make. Okay. I love that. And I can tell you what puts me in a bad mood is when the project seems to go on and on and on. Right. And it's just like not wrapping up. And I see that with contractors and like the housing space, you know, they move on to the next thing and they've kind of like run out of time. And I can think of so many things when it comes to this world. And how does someone really know unless they've experienced the hard way? Like how can we I don't know, set ourselves up for success to make sure we're covering all of these omissions we're not even thinking of. Of course. And it's a really good question. And I have to think about it this way. Anytime we step into a new role in our lives, it will or it won't come with an instruction manual, right? Well, the beauty is, is when we step into the role as a self-employed person, so you're simply selling your services or your time for money, or as a business owner where you're actually building an organization around you, there are playbooks out there. You don't have to go it alone. But the first is an acknowledgement that to do this, to create a self-employment structure or a business organization, there are a set of skills that you need to acquire. It's like, how do you become a self-employed person? How do you become a business owner? And Michael Gerber famously wrote the E-Myth. And I like how he breaks it down when he talks about sort of this concept of the entrepreneurial myth, where it's like you come in, that's what E stands for, entrepreneurial myth, is you walk in to sort of your life one day and you're like, I got it. It's my eureka moment. I'm going to be an entrepreneur and da, 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 da. And he calls it the entrepreneurial seizure. It's that moment when all of a sudden you're going to break free, create a life for yourself, a life you love and yay, winning. Da, 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 da. And we see this all over social media. You can do it, go out on your own and all of that. And it's great in terms of mindset, but all of a sudden it's like, uh-oh, I don't know how to do this. It's like you didn't just go from crawling to riding a bike. There were steps you had to learn. You had to acquire the skills. So for a freelancer, it's an acknowledgement that there is a skill set that they don't have. They are technicians in the sense that they know how to do the technical work they are selling. So for example, you are an expert in providing virtual digital media assistance. But in order to build the business that trains others to provide that, it's a different set of skills. So we have to understand that there's a knowledge gap and there's a skills gap and we need to close them. So if you acknowledge it, then there are enormous numbers of resources out there for you to leverage and this podcast being one of them. So people like you have already had that acknowledgement or saying, hey, let's bring that to others. So I think that it's acknowledging it and then saying, I want to learn this because I don't know this. That's not a diminishment of your expertise. It is saying I'm stepping into a new role and I need to learn the skills so I can do it effectively. It's like following a recipe. 
I mean, nobody knows how to bake a cake until they learn how to bake a cake. And then you do it enough times, you get good at it. But it takes time to learn. You need your instructions. So I think it's just acknowledgement and then just saying, hey, I need to learn. And don't be afraid of the learning process. Like embrace it. Because like, how cool is that to learn something new and to be able to have a greater sense of self determination and self-empowerment as you move into creating a different kind of life, because absent that you're just going to wind up on an exhausting treadmill that is far worse than whatever situation you were trying to leave in the first instance. Okay. Let's just take a moment here. It's impossible to get referrals without putting yourself out there all the time. It's really difficult to have a community when you're doing the work by yourself It's also hard to stay up to date when you're just one person and digital marketing trends, platforms, technology, and strategies change all of the time. And it's no fun having to do lead generation for your business when you'd rather be doing billable hours. So I have a solution for you. Come join my digital marketing work group. It's a tight community of freelancers, virtual assistants, digital marketing specialists, who are all up-leveling in their skills, getting advanced trainings, applying for my job ops, and becoming digital marketing specialists and managers and strategists. This is an online referral community for both skilled and up-and-coming digital marketing service pros and virtual assistants. We've shared over 800 jobs with our community. We'd love to have you too. If you need client work, if you need a squad behind you, if you need help raising your prices, promoting yourself to the next level, this is the place to be. You can apply for the work group with the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you. Back to the show. So how easy is it to get a contract and implement one? And why are these blanket contracts that are out there in these like massive VA courses not good enough? It's a really good question. And I'm going to back into the answer. The first thing is how you know easy is it to get one? Well, you're creating the space right here inside this course by adding on this legal kit, which is saying, we want to bring this resource to, you know, your audience. So it's as easy as finding access to it. So that's sort of step one. It's not rocket science. In fact, you can find them all over the internet. You can find them in books. You can find them everywhere. So I think it's easy to find them. The second question though, is how do you know, and how can you discern which one works or doesn't work, et cetera? So I'm kind of backing into that answer is you have to first understand what you're agreeing to as the business person. What is the deal? You're going to provide a service in exchange for money. So you're providing of the service. You kind of just need to go through your, you know, the who, what, when, where, why, and how, who's providing it. What are you providing? When are you providing it? In what time frame, right? Where are you providing it? Is it in person? Is it online? So and so. Why are you providing it? In order to achieve a certain goal, et cetera. So when you're really, really clear on what you're providing and in what time frame you're providing it and what the prerequisites are that you need in order to provide it, so you need information, so on and so forth, And then you articulate how you're going to implement it. You have gotten clear on what the agreement is. So then you can take the template. And if it says, hey, services and fees, if you say, hey, listen, okay, here's a template that says I'm going to provide freelancing services. 
Well, if you don't explain what those are, then you know that this agreement without modification, you know, if it doesn't give you an opportunity to answer who, what, when, where, why, and how, it's not sufficient. And when I say it's not sufficient, it's not sufficient to support you if you need it to support you. It doesn't mean it's wrong or it's illegal. It just may not be enough because it leaves too many questions unanswered. So if you think about a contract, it needs to give you two things. It needs to give you a way to talk about the substance of the deal. A colleague of mine, brilliant lawyer, always talks about sort of two parts of the contract. There's like the meat and potatoes and the vegetables. That's a well-balanced meal, a well-balanced contract. Nobody likes the veggies, right? So the heart and soul of what you're going to do, like your statement of work, that's your meat and potatoes. I'm going to do this in exchange for this. So you always need a way to identify the full scope of the service, the deliverables, the time frame, all those elements around the service. And it's basically like, okay, now we're outside the sandbox. And if we go outside the sandbox, we've got a new set of rules. So it's sort of like what's included, but also what's excluded. Yeah. But then the vegetables, we're going to call that like the procedural part of the contract, which is kind of like, how do we get into agreement? How do we get out of agreement? When are we done? When is this scope of work completed? And so when is this done? And then we need to start a new one. If we disagree, how are we going to resolve that dispute? Are we going to, you know, what's the forum? What's the methodology, et cetera? So what happens is contracts need to basically have the procedural way in and the procedural way out, as well as the substance. So if you have a template that doesn't address that, it's the path of the relationship, it's probably going to disappoint you because it won't give you the guidance you need when you need it. Yeah. I like how you said it before when you and I were talking and you talked about, what happens when we get off the happy path? <laughs> that happy path, exactly. That's mood. We all start a good place. Yeah. So this is why we are joining forces inside this new Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistance School, and we're offering them the UDMA legal kit where yes. they will have all of this in their pocket to be able to work through and apply for their business. But I also want to talk about how it's not just us. Sometimes we have to have that intuitiveness to help our clients stay legal. Like there's a whole part of online business where we're helping with all of this. And I'm not saying we need to be the legal expert as unicorns, but we do need to remember terms of sale. Like you need a privacy policy. You need to like cover yourself as a business owner. And sometimes we're just kind of like putting those nuggets in them. So that's another thing we're going to talk about with this toolkit. So it's basically as a freelancer raising issues for your clients and as you see them. So I think it's kind of, you know, old sort of maxim, a rising tide lifts all boats. If we can help raise awareness of issues and asking questions. So if you're a digital marketing assistant and you're setting up an email marketing software for your client and they're going to be collecting private information from people via their website, that automatically triggers compliance with privacy regulations. So what happens is it's like, oh, they need a privacy policy. Now what? Well, this legal kit is going to give you that answer. Now what? What do I do? Because it's just a guideline to say, these are the things you want to consider. And I try to keep it really simple, Emily, in this sense, is you have a client, you know, I always say this to my clients, if you put up a privacy policy that you cut and pasted from someone else, I'm not concerned about copyright infringement. What I care about is 
are you complying and doing what you said you're going to do? Because I'd rather you not have a policy than have one that says you're going to protect something and you have no clue what the policy says or how to implement it. So if you're basically saying that you can download my lead magnet, but I'm not going to put you on my email list unless you give me specific permission in your privacy policy, but then you don't do that in your email marketing software, you're violating your contract and you've put yourself in legal jeopardy without even knowing it. So part of this legal kit is really to be asking questions and saying, when is it better to go slow and do nothing than to just do something because you're quote supposed to do it and actually put yourself in a worse position than when you were without having anything in place. And I mean, there's a lot when it comes to online business, we see like earnings disclaimers and affiliate disclaimers, and we have the whole GDPR mess. And I'm not saying as unicorns, we need to be experts in this, but this unicorn mantra is having this wide base of knowledge to be able to see where you need to move forward and, you know, get your clients to do that. That's not all on you, but like seeing these opportunities, this is what makes my people and my course graduates stand out. They are not your typical VA just getting the marching orders, right? And But they're also not legal experts. So sometimes, you know, it's like this weird hybrid role where we see these opportunities and these things that our clients should be doing because most of the time they're solopreneurs, they have small teams, they're small business owners, and they're not always thinking about all of this. So you having the fortitude to see it and maybe even pass the baton on is huge. And so this legal toolkit is really going to make you feel confident <laughs> about some of the things that need to be happening. And with confidence means you become this in-demand person on the team. You're the teammate that they can't get rid of. You get to have your choice of clients and you start charging more. Like it just helps. It feeds the ecosystem of your business. It does because you're a value creator by raising issues and saying, hey, listen, I think this is a way to help eliminate or not eliminate, but mitigate risk. We can slow down and think through this process. And I, as the digital media marketing assistant, I'm going to tell you that this is how we do it. I understand there could be some risk here and here's a way you can get that information. So you're more of a sort of a traffic cop and just being able to say, here's an issue. I'm not an expert in solving it, but because of my experience in the digital media marketing space, I just want to let you know, this is something we should consider. And I want you to make a well-informed decision for your business. Does it make sense to have a privacy policy or not? And why are you doing what you're doing? For a freelancer and for freelance clients, it's always asking, why am I doing this? Am I doing it because somebody told me I'm supposed to, or am I doing it because I understand it? The other thing that this legal toolkit will do is address it's the the then what question. All right, I have a contract. Now what? You know, I've got my privacy policy or my website terms. Now what? What do you do once you have them? It's what are your behavior patterns? Like what is it that you're actually doing? What actions are you taking to perform your obligations or to be in compliance with your own agreement? And that's where I think kind of the rubber meets the road and where a lot of the do-it-yourself products may be a really good starting point for people because it's a start. But once you start actually engaging 
you know, providing service and engaging in commerce and then having some of these, you know, outside intervening events come into play, you'll start to look back and say, you know, this contract didn't anticipate this situation. So you have an opportunity to edit it. You know, contracts are living, breathing things. All legal documents are. You start where you start. And then when you know more, you can fix it. It's like Maya Angelou said, when you know better, you do better. So you then can say, hey, it was a good starting point, but now I need to fix this. Or you know what? It didn't really address this very well. So now we're going to continue to update it. And as you learn more for your own business, you can share that knowledge with your clients and knowledge is power. So the more you know, right? This segues into what's happening in my digital marketing work group, because you would not believe, I know you believe, but you listeners would not believe all the random little situations that happen. Some of them, a contract with clear communication and boundaries would solve. And I mean, all kinds of things, Kelly, like clients wanting people to steal copyright, people you know, paying and ghosting, people not paying, people going way beyond scope, like people expecting rush fees and all this stuff that this legal toolkit is going to help you solve when you're new, when you're nervous, when you don't want to make too many mistakes in the beginning. But like you said, it's going to change. It's dynamic. Like you're going to learn and get better, but you learn when other people go through stuff for sure. (laughs) Like there's some hairy situations, but it's not all like that. It's not all unicorns and rainbows. And I have to say, I've rarely had bad issues with clients in all my years, but I mean, it's going to happen. And the more you're protected and thinking through it, just the better. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's just that upskilling of yourself. You know, we want to be protected from harm. That's a natural human instinct. And you can't protect yourself if you don't know how to protect yourself and you don't know how until you're taught and you learn. So you have to acquire a skill of owning a self-employed position or owning a business. And it's a skill that you develop over time. And if you're fortunate enough to get access to something like this, that, you know, your mentor like you, Emily, you know, is willing to provide to them, then that's just, it just shortens the timeline a little bit. You know, it just cuts some space off the runway to getting there, but it's a lifelong learning process. And I think that be patient with yourself, acknowledge that there's something to learn and that you're new at learning it. You won't get it all quote right, but the fact that you're trying is right enough at the beginning, but also the more complex your business arrangements become, the more complex your supporting agreements are because there's more issues to address. So it's okay for these agreements. You know, you don't have to be beholden to the one page agreement at all times. If the relationship is more complicated because there's more moving parts or more parties or more things that could go wrong, et cetera, then it's okay to let your agreements evolve in alignment with the complexity of the relationship. Don't be afraid to grow and change and just be kind to yourself and be proud of yourself for stepping into something where you feel really vulnerable and unsure of yourself and slowly learning so that you get to the point where one day you won't feel dumb and, you know, like people can take advantage of you. I mean, that's like how I feel every time I go to the mechanic. I'm like, I have no idea. I'm just going to act smart, but I have no idea what he's talking about. And there comes a point where I'm like, Google, <laughs> like help, help, right? It's an upskilling process. 
It is. I love that so much. Well, this was so awesome. You always make law stuff very fun to me and I love how you explain it. I'm so excited that you're going to be a part of the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School with your legal kits can be so helpful. And I'm just so glad to go a little deeper into things and what other people are doing and really provide people the skills to get better because it's all about getting better. Always. All right. So where can everyone connect with you and learn more from you? kellykeller.com, K-E-L-L-E-Y-K-E-L-L-E-R.com. That's my sort of central headquarters and you can figure everything else from there. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much for being here and we'll be in touch. My pleasure. Bye, my favorite unicorn. (laughs) Thanks for joining me. I hope you look at contracts with a whole new lens and you're feeling good about why you need it and why you need to protect yourself and think outside the box and get those procedures in place for when things go wrong. I know it's hard starting something new. You got this. This does not need to take up all of your brain juice and all of your thoughts and worries with the legal toolkit inside the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School. We got you covered. You get to tap into Kelly's brain and my experience in the freelance world and you'll be a-okay. All right, so next week we have a really good episode coming up. What is this whole UDMA thing Emily keeps saying? What does a unicorn digital marketing assistant actually do? All of that I'm going to cover in the very next episode. I'm going to explain why I'm standardizing this term, moving away from VA, and leaving room for your own uniqueness. It's going to be a powerful episode. I'll see you next week. Thanks for being here, guys. It means a lot to me. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. Live in Pennsylvania. I'm right side of Okay. I feel like I do so much better on a Facebook live because I have to get it together. talk about legal, what do I want to say? To talk about legalities. I love that. And um, I need to think of a smart question right now and I just don't have anything.